Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, what's going on? Hey, Eric, I am so excited today because I am here with one of my favorite colleagues, Randy Porzell, and we are going to have a lot of fun while we share a lot of great info. And Randy is in studio. You guys have a podcasting studio. The two of you are sitting down talking. I'm excited. What are you talking about today? We are going to talk about investment strategy and given all the things that are going on in the market today, what Mm. you should and should not be doing. All right. I'm all ears. Take it away. Great. Well, before we dive in, um, as everyone knows, I've got my favorite colleague with me here today, Randy Porzell. Randy, would you tell us, well, tell our listeners, I'm obviously aware, a little bit about your experience and what your role is at Private Vista? Sure. Yeah. Uh, So hi, everyone. I am one of our partners here at Private Vista and one of our senior advisors. Got a little bit of a fun story. I actually started here in 2006 as an intern, and I've worked through pretty much every role that we've had here at Private Vista until I began advising clients, and now I'm helping uh, lead the firm. So it's been a lot of fun over the last 16 years. It sure has, but I feel like every time you tell that story, another year gets added on to it. It does because I'd say it once a year. <laughs> so yeah, we do do well, that. I think your starting point also bumps up, mister. <laughs> and outside of uh, helping our clients here at Private Vista, what do you like to do for fun? And uh, I have the privilege of knowing your wonderful family. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Jenny and the kids and what you guys like to do? Yeah. So um, coming up on 10 years of marriage next month with Jennifer, we have two kids, uh, Matthew, who's seven, Brooklyn, who's four. We love to go downtown to Chicago, see Navy Pier. We're members at some of the museums. And then other than that, I spent a lot of time on a couple charity boards. Um, I myself am visually impaired, which Nicole, you know. So I've dedicated a lot of my time to raising money for people with visual impairments. I was recently president of the Darien Lions Club, and I've sat on the board for the uh, Chicago Lighthouse for the Blind, where we help other blind people as well. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun doing that and kind of trying to relay that message to my kids that we, we live in a world where we're all really blessed and we do what we can to give back to those who maybe not be as fortunate as us. Well, gosh, with all that you're doing, both work-wise and personal-wise, it sounds like, what do you sleep? Maybe an hour a night? Oh, no. I know. I get a good four to five hours. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully you had a restful night last night, so you'll be able to share uh, some of your wisdom and knowledge with our listeners today. Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and get to kind of the meat of our conversation today? Um, You know, it's certainly, Randy, you and I have been working together many years now. Um, This is not our first bear market that we've been through with our clients. What are some of the things when you're talking with people that you want to share with our listeners that they, they should, that you want them to be aware about during market times that we're experiencing now? So, yeah. So for starters... I like to think about taking us back to when we first started the financial planning process with whatever client or person that we're talking with. I'd like to take them back and say, you know, some of the first questions that we ask when we sit down with a client are, 
what's important to you. Tell me about your family and your hobbies and your goals and, and your dreams. And that's where I want people to revert back to when they're feeling anxious in the market, because ultimately that's what's really important. And then leave the decisions to us as far as how do we make sure that the money works to support all those goals. But for people to be worried about you know, money in this time, uh, we really try to just revert back to the beginning and what we focused on. And really what that comes down to is when people are building their own life plan, you know, what do they want their life to look like? Very seldom will you hear people talk about accumulating the most money that they possibly can or how many things can they buy. They're really going to talk about experiences. And that's where we really want people's focus point to be on. And I kind of think about a few different types of people when we're going through these bear markets. So you have your first group of people that I would say, these are investors that have been out of college for 10 years or so, or less than 10 years. This is new environment to them. They have not experienced a, a bear market like this. Sure. During COVID we had the market fall, but you know, if you blinked, that would have been something that you would have missed. Whereas today, some of the investors are experiencing this for the first time. And it's really important to sit down with them and talk about the longer term and the advantage of compound returns and and how their money can make money. And that's really where we want to be have their focus. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have people who maybe are living on their portfolios in retirement. And we've built a design around that to be able to have a cash reserve that you can live on while the market is experiencing this volatility. And so we encourage people to live on that cash reserve. And at the same time, you know, retired people have been through this. They've they've seen the Great Recession in 2008. They they saw in 9-11, they were investors during Y2K and the tech bubble in, in 2000. And they've seen hyperinflation in the 80s. So, you know, it's kind of funny when you ask a, a millennial today or, or even any any younger investor who's saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe interest rates for my mortgage are above 5%. Well, go ask someone who was buying a, a house or getting a mortgage back in the 80s when they were happy to get a 15% rate. That will uh, that'll put everything into perspective. And then you've got kind of that middle of the road group where you have people that are mature in their careers and maybe they're approaching retirement. This is a good time to kind of take a look at your risk tolerance and really point out that you're looking, you know, once you retire, you can live in retirement 20 to 30 years plus. So it's really important to take that longer term view and have people kind of take a step back and, and revert back to the kind of the beginning when we started doing financial planning. That's great. Those are all great points. And I love that you um, you know, delineated kind of the different phases of life that you may be in. As you know, as we are going down to bear markets, and even maybe like you said, if it's people going through their first bear market, or maybe it's their first bear market with you as their advisor, I have to imagine of even though you've laid the groundwork and normalized that down markets are part of your regular investment cycle. Maybe can you share a few things if I'm a client, I just started working with you over the last year or so, and uh, I'm a little concerned or a little, you know, just asking you, hey, the portfolio's down. What are what are you doing or should I be doing something differently, Randy? Yeah. So there's a few things that we want everybody to be, no matter where you are in your life cycle, we want everyone thinking about certain things. So the first thing is rebalancing the portfolio. So sounds real simple. A lot of people in their 401ks will have a button that says automatic rebalance. And so what does this mean? Well, ultimately, what rebalancing is, it's in a little bit of trying to take the emotion out of things. 
So in a bear market like we're in now, we'll look at our portfolios and say, what are the investments that held up much better than the other ones? So we're selling from the investments that have done really well. And we're adding to the investments that may have taken a harder hit or are down more. And this works on both ends. This also works in a bull market when the market's on fire and we're going to our clients. We're saying it's time to rebalance. Let's sell from the stuff that's been doing really, really well. And let's give it to the more conservative investments. Maybe it might be bonds in that case. Ultimately, that is stripping emotion out of it because what our emotions tell us to do is when the market is doing really well, our emotions tell us to buy more. And when the market is doing poorly, like we're currently in, in the bear market environment now, people are, you know, your emotions tell you to sell. And ultimately, that's kind of the opposite of that old adage where people say, hey, I want to invest in the stock market. You want to buy low and sell high. You know, you want to strip emotion out of that decision. The next thing you want to look at is harvesting losses. So kind of a fancy way of saying you're selling things at a loss for tax purposes. So you take an investment, you sell it at a loss, you're able to write off that loss against future gains. And then what we do here at Private Vista is we take those uh, proceeds from those sales and we're buying a like investment. So something very similar probably has the same risk tolerance. I will point out for people that are doing this on their own, uh, you, you're not able to buy the same exact investment for a period of 30 days or the IRS will tell you, can't write that loss off. So it's really important to find a like security, but not the exact same. During that same period, we tell people to reevaluate their risk tolerance. You know, that's a, a little bit of a timing. You know, if, if you think about, you know, 20 years ago, you used to see, we would walk, talk to a lot of financial planning firms or investment firms, they would give you something called a, a risk tolerance questionnaire. And they try to judge what your risk tolerance is. And what we learned over time was it depends where we are in the economic cycle as how people will react to their risk tolerance. So when we're in a period of time when you know the market's up 20% and everyone's feeling really good, people's risk tolerance tends to be a lot more aggressive at that time. Versus now, you know, if you were to give that same risk questionnaire to, to an investor right now, they're most likely going to be more conservative than they were before. So we try to find that happy medium between those two kind of ranges of risk tolerance and and find, you know, where is the really appropriate the risk tolerance for person. I think too, Randy, one thing I know we've seen evolve is <clears throat> when you're talking about your risk tolerance is have you, do you see a change in people's reactions or answers when it's maybe, you know, oh, if your portfolio was off 10% versus if your portfolio was off a million dollars? Absolutely. Right. So I know that's one thing we've seen. How are we quantifying it? Because again, trying to plug into how people may react emotionally. Well, and, and, you know, we've been around a really long time um, as a firm and we have clients that have been at our firm for 25 plus years. And, you know, so when they, when the last time we went through this, let's call it 2008, their portfolios usually were typically you know a lot less than, than they are now. So, you know, you're still doing, dealing with the same person. So in 2008, they may have lost $30,000 and that felt like a lot of money. And now all of a sudden that same percentage loss is now a million dollars. It has a very different reaction right. emotionally to that. Uh, but I also want to kind of revert back to the things that were you're kind of the way people think at the different stages of their life. So let's go back to the same example we had before and talk about that younger advisor who has 20, 30 years before they're thinking about retirement. The markets are on sale. Go buy, put money in your 401k. If you have kids, fund those 529s. Now is the time to save. And in 10 years, your 
much more mature self will thank you for doing that. And then for the people that are living on their portfolios, this is why we have a cash reserve. And this is why when the markets are doing really well and our retired clients say we should put more of this cash reserve in the market, this is why we encourage people to hold back on that cash reserve because this is the time that it, that it works. And as your cash reserve dries up or starts to get low, this is the time when we start to look through the portfolio to find things that have done much better during these periods of time. You know, you have a portfolio of 25, 30 different investments. There, If it's properly diversified, some of these things are going to be holding up better than others. I think too, Randy, I would just like to jump in when you're talking about managing emotions, because that's a lot of what we do day to day. Even though you and I are both certified financial planners, we know that regardless of the number of zeros to the to the left, that decimal point, everyone's bringing their emotional baggage to the party. So how do you, when you're talking about a cash reserve, how do you work with your clients who, when the markets are going really well, and they might say, well, gosh, and especially up until this past year, I've got my cash reserve in a money market. I'm not earning anything, Randy, but you know the portfolio is doing really well. Maybe I should put some of that money to work. What are the conversations you have with your clients to help them manage the emotions? Yeah. So that really goes back again to the long-term and preparing, you know, I think we use a quote a lot of times we say, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. So, you know, we're kind of in this environment, we're always kind of preparing for this kind of environment. So as people want to put more money into it, it's again, we go back to the risk tolerance and we try to understand, you know, maybe if someone has half of their money and conservative investments and half of the money in stocks or more aggressive investments, you know, maybe it's time for them to maybe tick up their risk tolerance a little bit to be able to catch more of that upside without touching that cash reserve. That's a great point. I think also too, you mentioned, you know, many firms, maybe they they start and finish with a risk tolerance questionnaire or survey. I know one of the things we're really proud of and that we love about Private Vista is our approach to it's so much more than the risk tolerance questionnaire. So how do, again, if I'm maybe a new client or even I've I've been a client who've been working with you for your whole 16 years at the firm, how are you helping me when I may come to you and say, if I'm that client saying, hey, I want to put more money to work or I need to take some off the table. Can you maybe share how we do that in the context of the overall financial plan? Yeah. So when we started to see more of these flaws in the risk tolerance questionnaire, what we started to do is is lean back on our plan. So, you know, let's take someone who we look at their plan and we say, look, there's going to be a lot of excess there. You, know, you could spend double or triple the amount of money that you're telling us you want to spend. Oh, I like you, that outcome. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we look at those people and say, okay, maybe you don't need to take as much risk. Or for some people that are looking to create generational wealth, you know, maybe for a portion of their portfolio, they can afford to take more risk because they're investing for future generations. So it's really important to tie everything back to a financial plan, a written plan out that has all your goals and objectives in it, that we can really help determine how much risk someone needs in their portfolio in order to achieve their goals. So Randy, that's interesting because that seem that seems a little may seem a little counterintuitive to our listeners, where I might be better positioned to achieve my goals for myself and my family if by taking on less risk. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because what ultimately what we see is when someone takes on less risk, the volatility comes down or, or the level of kind of 
you know, ups and downs that you see in the market, the more conservative that you are, you'd expect to see lower lows or, or not as low lows and not as high highs. And ultimately that's really advantageous to people that are, could be nervous during the market or really, really want to make sure that they have enough money to live a long and prosperous life. I love that. So it sounds like again, for our listeners, that by having an overall plan can not only help you stay the course, but really get you on the right course from the onset. Absolutely. And it really helps lower anxiety when you're looking through a plan and you're saying, okay, we think you uh, have a chance of success of of 95%. And then we see a big drop in the market and we look at the plan again and we say, okay, now that 95% chance of success is now 94%. You know, it puts everything into perspective to realize that as part of the planning, we are expecting these bear markets and managing through them. That's great. So if someone hasn't made any changes to their investments yet, is it, you know, that it just kind of, if, if I'm maybe thinking, oh, I'm, I'm listening to this podcast, I really like what Randy's having to say, but is it too late for me? Or is maybe now not the right time to reach out and see if I could do anything? It's never too late for anything. It's never <laughs> too late. The The market is always moving. We're always looking at kind of what is that next step? So the way we look at the economy is in stages. There's an early stage, there's a mid stage, there's a late stage, and then there's usually a recession. And that you know is a cycle and it rinse and repeat along the way. So at each one of those periods of or cycles that we're in, we're looking to find the best investments that perform during those periods of time. So, you know, what a lot of people say was, oh man, I didn't make, I should have made that change earlier in that period. Well, guess what? Market's still moving. We're coming into a new cycle. Start mm-hmm. to prepare your portfolio for that next piece. So Randy, that's great. So far we have discussed, you know, some of the strategies that Private Vista is using, and then you've shared some great tips and advice on what people should consider consider do, doing during a bear market. Any thoughts on things people should not be doing or should try to avoid doing during market cycles that we're in? Avoid making big decisions. And I tell people this during any transition in their life. So whether you know you just lost a loved one or maybe you're going through a divorce or a really rough time, don't make any rash decisions during this time. Your mind isn't thinking clearly enough to be able to make really, really large decisions. So I ask people just to kind of pause during that time and and don't make those kind of decisions. Um, we talked a little bit before about the emotions, you know, separate the emotions from um, uh, from your decisions in, in the market. If you are working with an advisor, talk it through with your advisor, kind of look for a little bit of a voice of reason there, but ultimately you want to separate that emotion decision from the investment decision. And then something else I think about is, you know, for people that are watching the markets every single day, if that starts to actually dictate your mood where you go home and you're not fun to be around or you're can't you're, sleep, you're, can't sleep, you know, it, it might be time to just put that away for a little while and, and, you know, take a pause. Let's not look, go a day and don't look at the markets for a day. Uh, and it's tough. And, and today with the technology and social media, it's really hard to avoid. It seems like everywhere you go, you see this, but you need to take a step back because the last thing we'd want is to have someone's emotions or relationships being dictated by the success or less than success in the markets. I agree. And I know um, both of us, when talking with clients, we have said, you know, clients are like, what, what should I do or what can I do? 
I, I've heard both of us say, you know what, don't log in to our client portal or don't open the statement if you're still getting, you know, paper statements set. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Shouldn't I be aware of my situation? And it's like, absolutely, you should. But your strategy and our philosophy, we're not managing for this week, this month, or even this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you'll see uh, in a lot of couples, you'll tend to see someone is the stronger financial person. And there may be this person that pays the bills or or the person that kind of keeps a closer eye on that. Right. You know, just because someone is not interested in it doesn't mean that they should turn a blind eye to it. An example is, you know, my wife does she doesn't like looking at this stuff. This doesn't, this doesn't get her excited, but we got to have a meeting, whether it's quarterly or once a year to say, Hey, here's where we're at financially. And God forbid, if anything happens to that spouse or the person that is managing those, those financials, God forbid something happens to them. The other person should know what's going on as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would say there's probably not a worse time to be trying to learn about finances and your individual finances during a time of if you're going, you know, if your relationship is breaking up because you're just not at your mental best. Absolutely. So you've really put yourself back behind the eight ball on that. Um, okay. Is there um, you know, what about again? I know we we've heard of this or um I know you talked about the media noise, but also too, we all of us have had clients saying, "Hey, I was um, I was at the cocktail party, or I was um, on the golf course with my buddy, and uh, he or she was talking about, you know, they they invested in something and doubled their money in six months. Um, can we talk about investments like that? So, how do you go about? Like, what are your thoughts when clients are coming to you with those uh, ideas? Yeah. So when we're looking at that, you know, we're really trying when we first meet a client, we're we're really trying to figure out, you know, are we a right fit for them? Are they a right fit for us? And really we want to focus on what are the goals? So if someone comes to us and says, my goal is to accumulate as much money as possible, then they're going to want to go out and try to find those more speculative investments and try to do that. But for someone who wants to revert back to the plan that has a pathway to be able to achieve their goals, accomplish the things they want to do, you know, uh, educate their kids, maybe take family vacations and create experiences for them. What we want to do is make sure they can do that. Because ultimately, when we see people that are seeing these, hey, my my golf buddy uh, doubled their money in uh, in a matter of three or four weeks. Well, we really don't look at that more as financial planning or investment management. That's a has a little bit of a gambling um, side to it. And as all gambling works, you know, there's times when it works out really well. And there's times when it's not. And the last thing that we want to do as financial advisors is have to go to someone and say, you're not going to be able to achieve your goals. You cannot create those experiences for your kids. You cannot educate them the way you want to because you took risk, too much risk in the portfolio. Yeah. I think we've also found too, that people tend to talk about their wins and maybe they talked about the one or two risky bets they took and they they hit it big but it's it's very interesting how you don't hear about the six or seven where they where they lost everything yeah. so Hey, Human nature. I'm a Bears fan. I know how this works. <laughs> I'm from Cleveland, so we've got all the sports covered with that. All right, great. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, do you want to spend some time maybe sharing with our listeners 
some things that our investment team at Private Vista, what are some of the things we've been doing during this most recent down market? Yeah. So um, we've got two investment teams here at Private Vista. We have a team called the allocation team, and their focus is more at the macro level, You know, trying to see, hey, where are we as an economy going? What direction do we see certain parts of asset classes performing better in diff- versus different asset classes? And then we have a second investment team, which is really focused more on the product. And the reason we did that is because what we wanted to avoid was having someone come up with a great investment idea and us having to recalibrate our entire allocation over one investment product. And uh, so we really like the the allocation team, which really focused more on the economics, really driving that. So as we look backwards, you know, I kind of think of this current cycle that we're in. It's uh, I kind of spread it out a little bit, thinking back to 2019. So at the end of 2019, we're having a great bull market. Market's doing really well, going very strong. And we started to look at some of the manufacturing data and the other, um, we were looking at the yield curve along that time, but a lot of different economic indicators to see where we headed as, a, as an economy. And what we started to see at that time was some slowing growth in the economy. Manufacturing was slowing, growth in the economy was slowing. So what we started to do at that point point was take a little bit more of a defensive approach. So this isn't, these these aren't big swings. We're not selling out of the portfolio, but in each asset class, we have a more aggressive investment and a more defensive investment. And so we started to lean a little bit more on the defensive side. Unbeknownst to us, that led us into COVID and we were, so we were positioned pretty well going into COVID. And then our kind of our thought process changes at that point. Now we're saying, okay, when is the time to get more aggressive? And so we may, we, we come together and at that point, our allocation team was meeting daily. We were meeting every morning to say, okay, at what point does it make sense for us to turn the switch and get more aggressive? And every time we draw that line in the sand and say, at this point, we will, you know, it was happening faster than we could react to. We were seeing 2000 point drops in the, uh, in the Dow at that point. So ultimately there's parts of what we do that is skill. And the things we talked about, rebalancing, harvesting losses, reviewing risk tolerance, these are the skill parts of managing a portfolio. And then there's the luck part. And the luck part is is the timing. You know, when do you time to make these decisions? So ultimately, in, uh, during COVID, we decided to get more aggressive right around the time the market was bottoming. And that worked out really well for us. So we were, we were pretty aggressive from the bottom of COVID all the way to the end of 2020. 21, when we started to get a little bit more defensive again, this February in 22, we started to limit our exposure to interest rate sensitive investments. And then in March, April, and May, we continued to pull back on our risk on an overall portfolio, moving away from our more aggressive funds into our more defensive or or conservative funds. And that's kind of where we've been at for the first half of this year. You look backwards and it's... um. It's really been able to help during those periods of time. And now what we're tasked with is finding at what point do we want to get more aggressive and find the asset classes that perform best in the current environment that we're in. Yeah, that those are all great insights. And I know um, we have been really counting on our two investment teams to kind of, you know, stay on top of everything that's going on and certainly uh, stick to our overall strategy where we're still firm believers in asset allocation and then the diversification, but it doesn't mean that you just set it and forget it. 
So, you know, the markets continue to evolve, the world continues to evolve, and uh, people's lives continue to evolve. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we see there's, you know, the people, we, we meet a lot of clients that say, why don't I just go to Vanguard and buy a bunch of a bunch of investments? And, and really what we see is there are different parts of the environment and the economics that perform differently at different times. And it's good to have a professional there you know, helping make those decisions and help navigating those waters, which can be very uh, confusing during times. Yes. Well, Randy, I know you and I could really just spend uh, all day, if not days or weeks talking about this and talking with one another. I want to thank you so much for sharing your time, some of your insights and some of your wisdom with our listeners. And before we uh, go and wrap up, we got one question uh, we ask all our guests. And if, you know, time, no time constraints, no family constraints, money, anything like that, where would you most like to live and why? Oh boy. Well, my, my wife and I are big fans of very warm destinations, specifically islands. (laughs) So no, there was no money constraint. There's no time or family constraint. We'd want to be on some Island somewhere sitting on the beach and enjoying the ocean. Great. Well, I'll be there right there with you guys. So we share that in common as well. All right. Thank you, Randy, so much for sharing your time, some of your wisdom and some of your observations and experience with us. Um, Really appreciate it and enjoyed our conversation today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, Nicole and Randy, this has been fantastic. Randy, you're a great guest, man. We need to have you back. Thank you so much for being here. And like Nicole said, sharing, you know, just a bit about yourself. Nicole, if folks want to reach out to you and the firm and, and get a hold of some folks to talk about, you know, the things you covered today in the podcast, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's two easy ways to contact us. You can call at 312-831-4370 and either Sue or Lorena will get you connected with the correct advisor. Or you can visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com. And at the upper right-hand side of our homepage, there's a contact us button and that too will get you in touch with us. Fantastic. Randy, thank you again for being on the show. Nicole, of course, thank you for facilitating this and running the podcast. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Nicole comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually does help other people find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Vista, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable.
any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.